after doing this for so long with the same Mark introduction every week, I still don't get the timing right. It's, uh, it's just different. It's, I'm all about, I need the, the head nod from the worship leader, just that I know this is the right time. I'm still like that after speaking so much. But um, that was a, just a piece of random information that probably won't help you in your own life. But I figured I'll just let you into my mind, um, which is a very chaotic and crazy place most of the time. So welcome. These are the things I think about. But it is good to see you, and it's, it's Labor Day weekend. It is the last long weekend of summer, and it's already winter. So, I mean, what a year. Um, but it's, it's raining out, it's cold outside, and it's, it's good to be together, isn't it? It's really good. It's good to have communion together. It's good to see each other. And I want to share with you a message that the Lord put on my heart uh, from a familiar story for some of you that have read through Mark or have heard the story of blind Bartimaeus. And as we get into this story, I hope that this morning you'll learn something new, you'll, you'll get something out of it that you've never received before. And so um, I'm also, as I read the word, I'm always looking for unique names, unique places, things to look up in the original language or um, look up the city that the story's surrounding or the people that are surrounding it. It's just a great way to add to your Bible study in general. And so we'll do a little bit of that this morning as well. So it should be fun. But I want to pray as we open up God's word. Father, I pray that your word this morning would pierce us, Lord. That we are open to receive. We are willing to receive. We are wanting to receive. Father, we come before you and, and, and we want to be transformed by your word this morning. It is true. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. And I pray that you would correct some things in our life this morning. Direct us in a new direction maybe. Or just give us a fresh perspective on our situation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Throw off the cloak. Throw off the cloak. You know, sometimes God calls us to wait patiently in faith, and sometimes God calls us to move quickly. Sometimes God calls us to wait patiently, to stay, to remain, and sometimes God calls us to move quickly. But both must be led by faith and initiated by Jesus. Both must be led by faith and initiated by Jesus. Turn with me in your Bibles or on your phones to Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. As we read the story of Jesus encountering Bartimaeus and Bartimaeus encountering Jesus. It says, they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with the disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus. Now, if you remember, Bar would mean son of, so Bar Timaeus would be son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. You see, Bartimaeus was waiting. Bartimaeus was waiting for Jesus. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. 
But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Followed him on the way. The first thing to note is that Jericho itself is about 15 miles. I'm American, sorry. You can look that up later. Um, and the Bible says miles, and it's God's inerrant truth. So, therefore, it was 15 miles from Jerusalem, northeast, and Jericho is about over 3,000 feet below Jerusalem. So, the journey is downward toward Jericho. And we have this bar, son of Timaeus. Now, the interesting thing about Timaeus is there's actually two meanings for this name. In Aramaic, in Aramaic, Timaeus means unclean. So he's son of Timaeus, son of unclean. But in the Greek, the word Timaeus means honored. What's interesting about this is that the unclean is honored by Jesus and is healed. The son of unclean, so we don't know if his father was, his father was Timaeus, we don't know if his father was unclean, we don't know if his father was blind, we don't really know that about him, we don't know the backstory to it, but basically he was son, clean, son of unclean who came to be known as son of honor, essentially, that's what the story is about. You see, it's a story of all of us, that we come to Jesus unclean, we come to Jesus blind, and he gives us sight. But there were no healings of the blind in the Old Testament. Um, so the healing of the blind was something that the Jewish people were looking forward toward. And there's a verse in the Old Testament in Isaiah 29, verse 18. And it says this, in that day, meaning the day when the Messiah will come, in that day, the, blind, the eyes of the blind will see. And so the Jewish people are looking for the blind eyes seeing as a sign of the times that the Messiah has come. So if you read throughout the Old Testament, there is no healing of the blind. And, and the Jewish people would see this as a sign of the Messiah. So this gives us a window into why Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside and why he's shouting, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus knows the law, and he obviously knows Jewish tradition, and he knows that if the Messiah truly is here, I'll receive my sight. So Bartimaeus was positioned in faith, number one, positioned in faith. He was sitting by the roadside. He was sitting by the roadside patiently waiting for the moment to encounter Jesus, he was steadfast. I'll tell you, if you're, if you're looking for a miracle, sitting by the roadside, patiently waiting for Jesus to come by is a great place to be. 
It's a great place to be sitting by the roadside, praying and waiting patiently for that moment when Jesus is going to walk by. Because when Jesus walks by, people are healed. People are made whole and restored and touched. It takes faith to wait. It takes faith to remain. This symbolizes the seasons of our life where we're called to stay. We're called to stay in a job that we might not be happy with. We're called to stay in a neighborhood that we might not enjoy. We're called to you know, stay in school and get the education even though it's difficult. We're called to stay on our knees in prayer as we wait for that day of breakthrough for healing or for an unsaved loved one. Sometimes we're called in faith to stay in our marriage, even when it's difficult, when times are tough. It takes faith to stay. We don't know how long Bartimaeus was staying. We don't know how long he was waiting. Could have been days, could have been years, could have been his entire life where he's waiting, waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the moment, and it takes faith to sit by a roadside begging, waiting for the one who's going to come and heal you. I remember when I was at Trinity Western University and uh, my first semester was um, not very good, and I... I took a class called Philosophy 103, and we read a book called Sophie's World on philosophy, introduction to philosophy, and I was lost. You know, I thought that I was a philosopher because I did so many drugs, but I was not, uh, clearly, and I wasn't gifted with the train of thought of philosophy. And I got a D in the class, a D. It's not for dynamic. It's kind of down on the list. Um, and then I remember taking, that was one thing that happened that semester, and I also took the English language competency exam, and um, I failed it. Now, you might say, well, that's because English is your second language. Um, no, English is my first language. Um, actually, coming from New York, English is kind of our second language, if you think about it, right? Um, I went home to visit my parents and I'll tell you it was amazing but the accent and it was my daughters are coming back and they're like our favorite word was water like they don't even say water they say water or forget about it right or how you doing or how's it going or you know they just kind of like that's how we talk in New York so maybe English really was my second language but I remember failing this exam basically showed me that you don't belong in university right like you speak English and you fail the test on basic English. And so in that moment, I was like, I'm going home. I'm going back to New York. This was fun. It's been about three months and I'm done. But it took faith to stay. Sometimes we think it only takes faith to move. Sometimes we think it only takes faith to change. But sometimes it takes faith to just stay to just sit by the roadside waiting for the moment when Jesus determines it is time. When Jesus calls you to move, when Jesus calls you to get up and come. 
In the story, you might relate to Bartimaeus. You might relate to the fact that sometimes you feel blind and you're begging Jesus to touch you. On the other side, you might read this story and you might relate to to Jesus, to being the one that is willing to stop. No one talks about that, but Jesus was what on his way? Jesus was moving, he was journeying, but because Jesus is in tune with the Father and he's listening to the Father every step, step by step, Jesus is listening to the Father as he's going about his way, Jesus is willing to stop. Jesus is willing to stay. This might be throughout your day, you have this moment where somebody that you know comes on on your mind and you think about them, send them a text or call them on the phone. I don't think they'll pick up because nobody picks up anymore, but send them an email, pray for them. Take a moment to stop, be willing to stop. So sometimes we're in a season of patiently waiting and sometimes we're called to move. And Bartimaeus moved in faith. Bartimaeus moved quickly in faith. It says Jesus stopped and Jesus called. Bartimaeus did not move until Jesus stopped and Jesus called. And then it says this, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. Three descriptive phrases here. It doesn't say that he gently took off his his cloak and he gently, you didn't know this was a short sleeve shirt, did you? A little trick to remain cool, but look sharp. Um, It doesn't say that he took off his jacket, he folded it up and he handed it to his friend and he said, here, hold this for me, I'll be back for it. It doesn't say that he threw it over his shoulder. It doesn't say that he kind of walked with it as he went to Jesus. No, it says that he took it off and he threw it. He threw it. Then it says he sprang up. It doesn't say that he, he kind of gently got up and he just sort of, all right, I guess I'll just, no, he, he sprang up. He's blind. I don't even know if he sprung up in the right direction. Jesus might be over there and he sprung up and then he came to Jesus. He threw off, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. Why is this important? Well, the meaning of the cloak is important. You see, the government would issue cloaks to beggars. They were government issued. And you had a license to beg. And so the cloak was the way that he would make money. He would survive. Maybe support if he had a family. He would eat. His cloak was everything. Everything was in his cloak. It wasn't just some random blanket that he had at home. It was everything. And you'll remember over the last couple weeks, if if you've been listening and if you haven't, I encourage you to go back and watch the sermons from Pastor Barry on the rich young ruler. Because these stories are actually the same. You see, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and Jesus says to him, 
there's one thing that's going to be required of you. Go and sell all of your possessions and come and follow me. What Jesus is saying to the rich young ruler is, are you willing to throw off your cloak? Are you willing to throw off the thing you identify with? Are you willing to leave it all behind and follow me? And it says the rich young ruler went away sorrowful because he had so many possessions. In other words, he enjoyed his cloak way too much. And then we have the story of the blind beggar. It's the same story. He throws off his possessions. He throws off everything that he has. He's desperate. The cloak is just, it's not going to heal him. He throws it off and comes to Jesus. There are things in our life that we need to throw off. There are things in our life that we are required to give up to follow Jesus. There are things in our life that to you, they might be a comfortable cloak. To me, they might be a comfortable cloak. I'm so used to this. Oh, this is, this is Ralph Lauren. Oh, the fabric, it's soft, it's nice. I like this cloak. I'm not willing to throw it off. But Jesus says, Joel, I want the Ralph Lauren one. <laughs> and we all have things in our life and they're not meant to leave us Empty, they're meant to make space for us to receive. See, Bartimaeus was making space in faith to receive healing. He couldn't hold on to the cloak and receive healing. He had to throw off the cloak and come to Jesus to receive when I came to the Lord, I remember this moment in my life where I went into my bedroom and I looked at posters on the wall and Bob Marley t-shirts and I had all this like weed, that's marijuana, uh, paraphernalia. I had like papers for rolling joints. Sorry kids, you'll have to look that up. Um, and I had all of these different ways and, and I had rave things and, and all these invitations and all this drug stuff in my bedroom when I first came to Jesus and I walked into my bedroom and I looked at it all and I just said, this isn't me anymore. And I gathered it all up and I went into my backyard and I lit a bonfire. I burned it all. It was amazing. I might've got high from the fire, but I, I burned it all. I just said, Lord, I'm just, I give you all of this. Like I throw off the things I identified with. I throw off the things that people know me by. I throw off the titles, the positions, being known in the neighborhood by this and that, being known at the club. I leave it all behind, Lord, and I burn it. And I follow you, Jesus. It's hard to follow Jesus 
when we're looking behind us. It's hard to follow Jesus. I would say impossible to follow Jesus if we don't take time, and I don't mean just once, but we assess our lives and we look, what are the things that I need to throw off? I want to look at us as a community, as a church for a moment. So let's move mentally from our personal to as a church. I felt the Lord gave me a word for us as a church. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3b, so the second half of verse 3 of Isaiah 61, it says and implies in the year of the Lord's favor, the Lord will give us a cloak of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. A cloak of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. And so Isaiah is pointing out there's two cloaks that we can wear. A garment of praise, and I'll get into the meaning of that word in a moment, or disheartened spirit. There's two cloaks that we can wear as a church in this season, as a church during COVID, during this pandemic, wearing masks, vaccinated, vaccine passports, kids going back to school with masks on, and it's not even Halloween. There's two responses in this season as a church. A disheartened spirit. Disheartened spirit means this. It literally means the dying wick of a candle. The dying wick of a candle. We can put that on. And when I read that, when I read the meaning of disheartened spirit, I felt the Lord say this to me. And I'm just going to read this. This is as it came to my heart. The cloak of COVID has tried to extinguish our flame of joy, our flame of peace, our flame of faith, and our flame of unity. I have felt this at times in the past two years, like the candle was barely lit at times. For the church. The enemy has attempted to snuff out our burning candle, taking sides and dividing over things like vaccinations and masks and political alignment. It's attempted to spoil the fruit of the spirit in the church. The complexity of life and the discouragement and the discontentment has left some of us barely burning at times. The enemy has tried to extinguish the flame of the church. But we will not be extinguished. We will not be snuffed out. We will not be defeated. Take heart. Get up. Jesus is calling us. He will ignite the dying wick within our spirit. And he will exchange the cloak of a disheartened spirit with a cloak of praise. The word praise is a continual praise in my mouth. It's even translated a shout to the Lord. 
You see, the enemy does not care if you get vaccinated or you do not, if you wear masks or you do not, if you love the government or you hate the government, if you love our health, our health officials and all that they're trying to do to protect us, or you think that it's an evil uh, conspiracy theory against us, if you think that the vaccine is the mark of the beast or the way to protect the entire population. It does not matter. The enemy doesn't care which side we take. He just cares that we're divided. That's all he cares about. He's like, if I could divide you over anything, I don't care which side, as they say, I don't care which side of the horse you fall off on. (laughs) He doesn't. He wants to divide and that we will major in minors and we will create divisions because of it. That is what he's trying to do. I don't get vaccinated or don't get vaccinated. I love you. (laughs) We cannot allow these cloak of COVID to re-identify us as a body of Christ. I am a child of the most high God. And you are a child of the most high God. And together we are children of a most high God. Together. Nothing will divide us. We stand arm in arm together. Jesus asks Bartimaeus this crazy question. I mean, here's a blind man. He comes to Jesus and Jesus says to him, and I'll close with this. What do you want me to do for you? (laughs) It's so funny to me, isn't it? What do you think? Jesus is just making sure that when he threw off his cloak, he wasn't going to go back for it. Bartimaeus says, Rabbi, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. You'll remember Bartimaeus is shouting, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me. In that moment, that title, Jesus, Son of David, is a messianic title. So Bartimaeus is seeing Jesus, he's hearing that Jesus is here, he knows that Jesus is the Messiah, and he knows that when the Messiah walks on the earth, blind eyes will be open. So he says, Rabbi, teacher, let me recover my sight. And Jesus says to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is just interesting, a little play on words. But Jesus says, here Bartimaeus, um, be healed and go your way. Bartimaeus is healed and he goes the way of Jesus. In other words, Bartimaeus heal and you can always return. But Bartimaeus is healed and he follows Jesus. In other words... I don't need that anymore. In other words, you are the way, Jesus. You're the truth. You're the life. 
A month ago, a, a woman came to the church here and she was brought by her neighbor and she was not a churchgoer, um, wasn't a believer, just came for prayer. And I had an opportunity to pray with her, which was wonderful and prayed over a few different things, but also just prayed for healing in her body. She was in pain throughout her body. In fact, uh, a great portion of her body had been burned in a fire many years ago but she just wanted healing. She has joint pain in her knees. We prayed over her generally and then prayed over her specifically for healing. And so I prayed, I prayed with her and then she left, I left. I hadn't seen her in a few weeks, but this past Sunday I saw her again and she came up to me and she said, when you pray, I, all pain gone, all pain gone. And I'm like, that's amazing, thank you Jesus. And she said, I brought my son. Uh, my young, he's 14, 15 years old. I brought him. Pray for him. I said, awesome. Let's, let's do it. What do you want prayer for? And the boy looked at me and he said, how do you even figure out what to pray for? I'm like, well, what are like are some needs in your life or what are you going through? Or what you? He's like, hold on. I don't even know what that means. What is prayer? What does this even mean? Like, what is all this? Just no concept of prayer. So I was like, you know what? Just relax. We'll just, I'll pray for you. And he's like, what's going to happen to me? I'm like, I don't know. Your head might pop off, but that's not up to me. It's up to God. I didn't say that to him. I'm just kidding. I, I said, I don't know. But the Lord will touch you in some way that you might know or not know. Like, let's just pray and see. Very uh, hesitantly, he said, okay. Bit of a skeptic. That's okay, I like that. Questioner. So I prayed for him quickly. And then his mom also wanted prayer for something. So I kind of came back to her, prayed for him, came back to her. And he like stopped me, this boy. He's like, what just happened? I'm like, I don't know. What happened? He's like, I just feel so much lighter. I feel like I'm light. I feel like there's just something, what's going on right now? I said, do you feel like you're walking on marshmallows? Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. I said, yeah, that, and I'm all cool, right? I'm like, yeah, that's the presence of God. And then I go back to his mom, right? And I just leave him with that, you know, truth bomb, right? And he's, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. What do you mean? And I just explain like the presence of God is here. He's with us and and so I, I start talking to his mom about what she needs prayer for again. And he's like, hold on. I know what you're going to say before you say it. Every time you open your mouth, I know what's going to come out of your mouth. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like prophecy. It's like a gift from God. And he's like, what's that? I was like, why don't you spend some time here, like over the next few years, and you'll learn about all this stuff. But it was what changed in their life? Their position. They came to Jesus. Circumstances are the same. The home is the same. The troubles at home are the same. A lot of the things that they're going through are the same. But they came to Jesus. They changed their position and encountered a living God. Again, sometimes waiting takes faith. 
Because sometimes it's easier to run from a problem. And sometimes it takes faith to get up and move. And as a church, I feel we're in a season of changing our position. I don't mean on COVID guidelines. I don't mean mask or not mask or vaccine passport. I don't mean any of that. I mean change our position of faith over fear. Return back to a united body of people coming together to advance on the enemy, the true enemy, together. So I want us to, this morning, throw off our cloak of a disheartened spirit. I want to invite the worship team to come up, and we're going to sing a song. Um, Sing, sing, sing. And it's a rejoicing song and a joyful song, because I want us, as a church, in our hearts, in our spirits, to rejoice that he has given us this garment of praise to wear a unified garment that we can wear together. And if if you're at home, you can worship with us. You can uh, jump around your living room if you want. But I want us to respond to the Lord in joy this morning. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that in you there is fullness of joy. In you, Lord, there is unity. Your presence draws us, Lord, into this place. We are connected by you, Holy Spirit, to one another. We are unified by your spirit. We are loved by you, Father God. We desperately need you in our life, Lord. As we navigate the days ahead, in school, in church, in our work life, in our play life, in our leisure, in our relationships, in our friendships, in our marriage, with our children, God, and with strangers, Lord. I pray that we would take off the cloak of a disheartened spirit and encounter your love and your joy. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.